Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How's everybody doing? Come on, you doing good? Hey, we're so excited to have you all here today. And I've got a long way to go and a very short time to get there. And uh, we're going to do what they say can't be done. Amen? Uh, Hey, uh, we are so glad to have you here. Uh, If you're visiting, uh, we are honored to have each and every one of you here. Uh, We believe that you're not here by accident. You're here because we've been praying and preparing for you. And so we just welcome you. If you need anything, please, uh, there's people wearing Dream Team badge. They'd be happy to help you in any way that you can, as long as it's legal. And uh, anyways, but we we are just honored to have each and every, and hey, listen, we know we're working on parking lot, y'all just, y'all just relax, just give us some time, amen, you need, you need some time to work out some things, and so just park where the, the, the parking lot team tells you to park, come on, I know you, you're like, no, I ain't parking there, I'm parking over here, no, just do what they ask you to do, and uh, anyways, uh, we, we, uh, we, we're working on expanding that parking lot, so y'all just give us some time, come, we're, we're we're going to expand it. I think we're getting another 180 spots. So no, we're going to have, yeah, we're going to we're going to have like 235 spots total. So we'll we'll have come on, we're going to party lot. So y'all just bear with us right now. Uh, be patient with us. Keep coming to church. Uh, and uh, and we're we're promised we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working on it. Amen. And uh, and uh, speaking of, uh, we we understand that we are both services are completely full and overflowing. So. Easter Sunday, we'll do three services, and those will be our new times from there on. Three services here at Roy City Campus, those three services, uh, we're going to just do that. And uh, so uh, we, just, we just are full and overflowing. Amen? It's good to be in a... I, I like... Here's the deal is if you, ever go to, uh, if you ever go to a restaurant at lunchtime and there's nobody there, you're in the wrong place. You know what I'm saying? Like, get out of there, okay? Something bad's going on uh, at that place. And I love to be in a place, in a house, where God is moving and God is doing something. And that's what we're going to do. If y'all, you keep bringing people, we're going to keep just growing. And we'll keep adding services. And we'll do as many as we need to do uh, to accommodate all the people that you brought. Amen? And so uh, that's going to be a great, 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 great. We got Easter coming up, the 21st. We believe that, that God's going to do amazing things at Easter services. And uh, so be thinking about who you want to invite, who you want to bring. Uh, we have these uh, bracelets that you can take and uh, you can give out to whoever it is. Come on, and and then also to to remind you uh, to be praying for those services. Just to say, hey, you know what, we're believing God. Maybe you're praying for, maybe, you, you know, here's the deal is that maybe you need to pray for somebody that doesn't even live around here. Just that God sends somebody their way to invite them to church with them. And then here's the thing, is that you can be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Because there could be somebody on the other side of the, uh, come on, they're, they're in, in, in a completely different city praying for a loved one that you run into on a daily basis. And all you have to do is say, hey, come to church with me. And here's the deal is that we don't want them just to encounter one church. We want them to have an encounter with Jesus. Amen? So I got to jump into this. Are you ready? Matthew 8, 24 through 27. Matthew 8, verse 24 says this, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he, being Jesus, was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. 
We are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. There was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, While He Was Sleeping. While He Was Sleeping. Lord, I thank you right now for your word. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from me. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, I pray that you'd speak through me to them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, let's give it up for our Sulphur Springs campus. We love you, Sulphur Springs. Y'all are awesome. You're doing such a good job. You know, while he was sleeping, sometimes it feels like God is asleep. Right? I mean, I don't know about you. Maybe you are holier than me. But sometimes it feels like God can be asleep. And, and, and what's amazing is, is that here they have Jesus on the boat with them. And, and, and all of a sudden, this storm begins to rise up in their, around them, right? They're, they're sitting there like, oh my gosh, everything is going bad. And, and here's the thing, is that they went and woke up Jesus, not because they expected him to calm the storm. But because they expected him to help bail them out. Right? right? It's like, hey, all hands on deck, buddy. No rest for anybody. You got to get up and get to work, right? We got to do something. And sometimes, I, I feel like sometimes it feels like God is asleep Come on. while he was sleeping. You know, in Bangkok, Thailand, there was a, uh, a large uh, bo- uh, statue of Buddha, a concrete statue of Buddha uh, in the middle of a courtyard. It, was eight, it stood eight foot tall, and, and, uh, and, and what ended up happening is it ended up being kind of a little bit like an eyesore. Uh, nobody really paid much attention to it. Nobody really looked at it. Like nobody was in awe of this giant concrete statue, and so people would uh, kind of gather around this courtyard, and it it ended up collecting trash. Come on, people leave coke cans on it. Uh, they would put their trash on it. They would lean up against it. It would hold their bags while they were getting stuff together, and and it even started to collect some gum. Speaking of, if you're putting gum, if you're throwing gum out, come on. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, right? There is nothing that can ruin a day quicker than stepping in or sitting in gum. And, and I don't understand the people who put stuff under the table. Who, who raised you for crying out loud? Here's the deal, kids. If, you, if, if I catch you putting gum underneath something in this church, I'm spanking your parents, not you. Come on. <laughs> But it started collecting gum, and, and, uh, but there, and nobody really cared about it. But there was this one Buddhist priest that lived in this town, and uh, he decided, you know what, I, I've got to do something. People are too complacent with it. They're, they just don't treat it like it should be treated. And even though it's just a giant concrete statue, something needs to be done. And so he got some friends together and said, hey, we're going to move this statue to, to the temple. Because this is what we want to do. Like, I, I just got to, I, I can't handle it having trash on it anymore. And, in, and I know it was their friends because in the moving process, they broke it. You know, when you invite your friends over for help, come on, to help you move. And you can tell right away they have not paid for it, right? Come on. That's $100. That's all good. Just throw it in there, right? You got your furniture's all scratched. Things are broken up. Like it, you're like, I, now I got to just go buy all new stuff. And, and here's the deal is that they move this, this statue, and in the process, it broke. And, and they're assessing the damage. This priest comes up, and he begins to assess the damage. And look, and, and he notices something underneath the concrete. 
He begins to kind of pull apart the concrete piece by piece. And as he gets it pulled apart, he notices that there's something that looks familiar. And so they begin to actually break off the concrete chunks. And what they found out was that this was not a piece of concrete, but it was the largest piece of sculpted gold, solid sculpted gold, ever recorded in history that stood eight foot tall of solid gold. Here's the thing. Everybody in there treated it uh, just like it was just this common thing and no big deal up till this point. But all of a sudden, when they realized what was on the inside, they began to treat it a lot differently than what they did before. Can I tell you, the Word of God says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I think a lot of Christians walk around and they don't realize what's on the inside. See, there's a God who created you and who, who lives within you that says this, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But a lot of us walk around and we're complacent about what God has put on the inside of us. And if we would just begin to understand that God who created everything dwells inside of me. And he is available for me to wake up anytime I have a need. Anytime something's going on in my life. Anytime I, 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 I say, God, I need you in my life. I need your help in my life. See, God's available to us. But most of us don't pray. Most of us don't ask him for anything. The truth is, a lot of us just leave him asleep. I don't bother him. He don't bother me. Just let him get his rest. He needs his sleep. You need your sleep, Jesus. I know you need your sleep. We just don't bother because we don't want to be a bother. We don't, don't want to ask him for anything. See, but here's the deal is prayer is powerful. Prayer is absolutely one of the most powerful things. But so many people, again, you'll hear me say this, we treat it like a spare tire and not like a steering wheel. In other words, we sit back and we go, God, this is all I got left to do is pray. Well, all I can do is pray. What? You ever said that? I've said it. Well, I guess all I can do is pray. No, I get to pray. It's a gift that God has given me that I can go to the throne room of God and say, God, I need your help in this situation. Can I tell you that prayer is where my humanity meets God's deity? Come on, this is good. Let me put it this way. Prayer is the difference between me doing the best that I can do and God doing the best that he can do. And if we really understand that and really believe that, then every time we have something go on in our life, we should go to God in prayer. Because over and over again in his word, you will see God answering prayers of people that he loves. God loves to answer prayer. God loves it when we ask questions. God loves it when we say, God, I need your help in this because I can't do it. Uh, One of my favorite passages of scripture is when Joshua is in the middle of a battle. There's this war going on and, and he is winning. Everything is going good. And the sun begins to set. And he knows that once the sun goes down, he can't fight anymore. Come on, he doesn't have a flashlight on a phone. He, he, he's got, he knows that we're out of luck. If this happens, I can't fight anymore. So he looks at the sun and he says, son, stand still. Come on. And God hears his prayer and the sun freezes in his spot. I don't know about you, but that's great faith. To look in the middle of, man, I'm winning and I have a victory going on in my life. But God, I need you to intervene and I need you to do what you can do. And I need you to freeze the sun where it stands. How about this? There's a a woman named Hannah who wanted a baby so bad that she went to church 
temple. She went to church, and she began to cry out to God and ask God for a baby. The, the pastor walks in and sees her, and she is crying out and making so much noise that he thinks she's drunk. She got into the communion. Huh? She got into the communion, and he goes, hey, how dare you come into the house of God like this? How dare you make a fool of yourself? She said, no, you don't understand. I just know that I can't do it on my own, and I know that God can. And so I'm here to petition the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, give me a child. Wow. The pastor says, this time next year, she's given a son. What about Paul and Silas? Thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Doing what they were supposed to do. And they got in trouble for it. And they're preaching the gospel and they get thrown in prison. And it says this, that they didn't complain. They didn't gripe on Facebook. Facebook rant. Preaching the gospel. Got thrown into prison. Hashtag not blessed. <laughs> Hashtag bummer. No. That's not what they did. It says that they, they began to lift their voice up and sing praises to God. What did they sing? I don't know. I, I have to say it's going to be something like, Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody, come on white people, do me like the Lord, can't no, you can find it, do me like Jesus, he's my friend, I sing it again, said can't nobody, hey, and all of a sudden God begins to hear a, a cry and a prayer, not a complaint, but God goes this, if they can sing in the midst of hardship, if they can sing when it's all going wrong, if they can sing when it seems like I've abandoned them, who am I not to set them free? Can I tell you that worship unlocks something in you and it unlocks something around you? Get in this place to where we go, you know what? I, I, I just believe that, God, you can do it. And I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe that you can do it. See, prayer didn't just work back then. It still works today. There was a cardiologist who set out to prove that prayer really was powerful. He had grown up believing it, but he goes, you know what? I, maybe I can prove that, you know, prayer is powerful, that prayer works. He worked at San Francisco General Hospital. And uh, he, he took 393 patients and did a double-blind study to see, does prayer really work? Or is it just something that we say works? Nobody knew who was being prayed for. The patients didn't know. The nurses didn't know. The doctors didn't know. Only he decided, this is who's being prayed for and this is who's not being prayed for. At the end of that study, this is what they found. That every single patient that was prayed for had these results. They had to take less medication. 
they required less ventilators than the rest of the patients. And it says this, that overall they fared much better than the patients that didn't receive prayer. Can I tell you something? That medical communities can prove that prayer is powerful. The Bible can prove that prayer is powerful. And I've come to tell you today that prayer is powerful. And we have a God who wants to be asked. Most people are treating Jesus like he's a bucket in a spare pair of hands. Jesus, I'm going down. You don't do something. Grab a bucket or something, man. I need your help. We only go to God when we, we, we got we to gotta go to God and bless our food. And then we only go to God when there's trouble in the water. When things are going bad, right, when, when all hell is broke loose in our life, that's when, come on, that's when you start going to God in prayer. Right. That's when you show up to church. Right. That's when you start saying, I'll do whatever, it, I'm fasting, I'll do whatever it is. Because it's, it's one of these last ditch efforts and God is saying this, just go to me when you, when, anytime. Yeah. Not just when you have a problem. There was a young man who had been asking a girl out. Been asking her out for a long time, man, he liked this girl. She would say, no, no, no. Finally, his persistence paid off, and she said, okay, I'll go on a date with you. But here's the thing, is that we're going to go to a movie, but before we go to the movie, you have to go with me and my parents to dinner, because my dad's going to want to meet you. He says, okay. A little nervous about it, but he says, You're wor- she, she's totally worth it. Before the date, he, go, he shows up to a grocery store, and he goes through, and he buys three boxes of chocolates. He buys a small box, buys a medium box, buys a large box. Uh, he gets up to the cash register, and there's nobody there. He kind of stands there looking around, waiting, and nobody shows up. And finally, uh, uh, the owner of the, the, the grocery store comes running over and says, I'm so sorry, she must have slipped out to go to the restroom. Here, I can ring you up. And he starts ringing this young man up. And, uh, and he asks, he goes, so why are you buying chocolates? He goes, well, I got a date tonight. I like this girl a lot. Been asking her out. Finally, I get to go out. He goes, okay, but why three boxes of chocolates? He said, well, I got a plan too. See, if she holds my hand at the movie, small box of chocolates. If she gives me a kiss on the lips after the movie, medium box. And if she lets me kiss her like they do in France, a large box of chocolates. He goes on, he shows up to the restaurant. When the food gets there, he asks, can I pray? I said, absolutely. So he begins to pray. I mean, he's praying down heaven. He's using King James, man. He's these and thouts and shouts. And I mean, he's praying for every need that he can think of. He's praying for orphans. He's praying for everything that he can. He's, he's calming storms. Like he is, he's storming the gates of hell. Like it's really going down. And he gets done and he doesn't even say amen. He says, amen. After he's done praying, she leans over and she said, I had no idea that you could pray like that. He leans back and says, I had no idea your dad owned a grocery store. (laughs) Come on. In those times, you better grab a bucket. Come on, because you're in trouble. 
Here's the thing is, is that we can go to Jesus not just in our hard times, but in our good times. We can go to Jesus when everything is working out and when everything is going wrong. Some of you are like, I know he's, you know, I know he's praying, right? Come on. Praise powerful. I love this. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Come on, there's some people in here right now. You're anxious. You worry. Let me just speak to you real quick because I know what you feel like. I worry a lot. And I have a wife who is holier than thou, who never worries. She never worries. She doesn't worry about the parking lot. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I command the storm to stand still. Come on, I'm praying against rain. And she's like, God loves his church. Uh huh. I say that to say I have to remind myself. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything. Somebody say everything. Somebody say everything. Come on, touch your neighbor say, you better pray. Come on, touch your other neighbor say, you need pray. You need to pray. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Let it be made known to God. See, we serve a God who loves to be asked for things. He loves it when we come to Him and ask Him for things. Ephesians 3 verse 20, it says this, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask. Luke 11 verse 9 says, God, God says this, so I say, ask and it will be given. Matthew 7 verse 11, how much more will God give to those who ask him? James 4 verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. John 16 24, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. And your joy will be made complete. Can I tell you that God wants us to ask? And here's the thing. Is that if we serve a God who loves to be asked for things. And if we really believe that prayer is powerful. Then why aren't we doing more of it? Why aren't we asking God? I think you, you can't ignore the elephant in the room. And that's because sometimes you pray and the sun sets. Sometimes you pray and the child doesn't come. Sometimes you pray and the kid cries. That was my life, man. My kids cried so much. Sometimes you pray and the prison door stays shut. And it's in those moments that you go, well, I guess God doesn't answer. I guess God doesn't care. Maybe it worked for them, but it didn't work for me. Wow. And we're frustrated and we're disappointed. Very good. Can I tell you that if you're disappointed with God, you might as well tell him? Yeah. It's not like you're keeping it a secret. get disappointed we get frustrated we end up saying God I don't guess you answered and, and I get this question so many times why 
And I wish I could tell you the answer. I wish I could say, well, this is the reason. But the truth is, is sometimes I don't know. I don't know why I can pray for somebody and they get healed and pray for another person and they don't. I don't know why it works out sometimes and doesn't work out others. I don't know. And I know this, that bad theology comes from me trying to make up something. I go back to his word and I know this, that God is good and God's good all the time. The Bible says this, that, that if you, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I've never one time ever saw Jesus go up and say, receive cancer in the name of Jesus. Or in my name, I guess it would be. Huh? I never saw Jesus do that. The Bible says this, that he went about doing good and healing all. Not killing all. Healing all. He didn't go up. You never see him. Hey, it's your time, brother. Never. Like, God's not a serial killer. Right? And, and, and so I, I, I don't know the answer, so I can't answer it. But you don't die in your wise. The Bible says this in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Sometimes I just have to go, God, I don't know the answer. But I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't know why it didn't work out, but I'm okay. I'm okay because I know that you're still good, and I know that you still love me. I I know that you still care about me, but it doesn't make it easier. You can read from the Gospel of Garth Brooks, chapter 3, verse 1, and know that some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. You ever thought about that song? He runs into his old high school girlfriend, and he's like, gosh, (laughs) she did not age well. That's, it's not that romantic in a song, but it's funny. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. I nearly married that. <laughs> That's funny. Here's the thing is that I've learned that sometimes God answers prayer But since he doesn't answer them the way that I expect him to answer them, I miss the answer altogether. I miss it. See, I ask God uh, for for, uh, substance, and he gives me a seed. I ask God for a way out, and he gives me a word. I, I, I ask God for provision, and he gives me a promise. And just because he doesn't answer the way that I thought he would answer does not mean that he's not answering. In fact, Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer. I will answer. Can I tell you that sometimes God answers my prayers with woe. I don't like to hear it, but sometimes he answers my prayers with woe. Hold up. Wait a minute. You're not, come on, you just give, just pump the brakes. And I don't like to be told, whoa. Huh? I I want, let's do this. Come on, let's, let's, let's make it happen. I need to make it happen faster. But the truth is, is that sometimes the best answer for whatever it is that you're praying for is, whoa. It's not that what you're praying is bad, it's just, whoa. I was on a flight not too long ago, 
And uh, we're sitting on the plane. Everybody's gotten on the plane. We're sitting there. We got our seats buckled up like we're supposed to. They've shut the cabin doors. Everything's going good. Waiting. Five minutes goes by, nothing. Okay, come on, let's go. Ten minutes, nothing. Fifteen minutes, we're still sitting on the plane. Haven't moved an inch. Finally, the pilot comes on and says, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the pilot speaking. Have a little bit of a mechanical issue up here. Let me get it taken a look at, and uh, we'll be on our way shortly. We know you have a choice when flying. Thank you for choosing American Airlines. She's so proud of me. This is, this is my world, y'all. She just cheers me on for everything. She's like, I put on my shoes. She's like, so good. Champion. I'm a champion. Everybody starts freaking out. Everybody gets angry. Everybody on the plane starts getting mad. I'm completely cool. Here's the thing. Is that if the pilot says, whoa, he knows that plane. And if he says, we ain't ready, I'm cool with it because I know this, that I would rather be Brian Sparks late than the late Brian Sparks. I'm completely cool with it. We got to switch planes, let's switch planes. We need to wait, let's wait. Whatever we got to do, let's do it. Here's the thing, is that if I'm okay when a pilot says, whoa, why wouldn't I be okay when God says, hold up, wait a minute, just put a pin in it. You're not, come on, that's what we got to get to this place. God, if you say, whoa, I'm okay. Second thing, God sometimes answers my prayer with grow. Grow is a lot harder to hear than whoa. Because here's the deal is that when God says, whoa, a lot of times it's not ready. But when God says, grow, uh, that means that I'm not ready. That means that I'm not ready for whatever it is I'm asking for, whatever I'm praying for, then I need to grow myself and grow in what God has given me. Here's the deal is that my kids will come up to me and they ask me all the time, dad, can we go for a cruise on the golf cart? And I say, absolutely. Have fun. They're cruising up and down county roads, having a good time, just, just no, big, no big deal. I'm not worried about them. But I've never had my 13-year-old daughter come to me and say, Dad, can I have the keys to your truck go for a cruise? Because she knows the answer would be no, because you need to grow, right? Because she's not ready. That does not mean that one day it won't come. That means that that day is not now. And if she just keeps growing in our gift, If she just keeps growing what I've given her, if she just keeps doing what she's supposed to do, come on, learn how not to hit things in that golf cart, and one day you're going to be a better driver than you are today. Here's the deal, is that sometimes we got to go, God, if I'm not ready for it, I'm totally cool with it. I'm going to keep growing what you've given me. I'm going to keep growing my gift. I'm going to keep growing my talent. I'm going to keep growing my ability. I'm going to keep growing my finances. I'm going to keep growing whatever it is that you gave me. I don't want to step into something that I'm not ready for. See, we ask God for what we want, and He lays out a path to maturity. The third thing, and I'm done. Sometimes God answers 
with go. I love go. Everybody in here is like, that's the word for me. Praise God. You better preach it. But my idea of go and God's idea of go are completely different. Because I think go means now. Go. It should be in my lap right now. Go. Brand new Jeep in the parking lot. Praise God. Jacked up. White. Blacked out. Looks awesome. Make me a better preacher. Probably not, but it's cool. That's what I think. But God sees go completely differently. See, God sees go as, yes, let me start moving the pieces. And it's while he's moving the pieces that so many of us get frustrated and quit. Because we think right now, and God says, let me just move some pieces. I used to pray for my future wife, especially on lonely Friday nights. Lord Jesus, let her have long legs. And love you too. That's important too. Yes, amen. I used to pray for her, and there were a lot of Friday nights that it felt like God wasn't hearing me. But what I didn't know is that He heard every prayer, and He was moving pieces. I just didn't know how much was involved. I didn't know that it was going to take me moving from Austin, Texas, because my dad took a pastor position in Sulphur Springs, Texas, where I had ne- a town I'd never heard of. I didn't know that that piece was have to be moved. And I'd move with him because I'm his ride or die to be his worship leader and his youth pastor. On the way to the church, there was a lumber yard that just happened to have a hiring sign and I needed a job. I got the job, met a woman named Marty who sold cabinets at this lumber yard. She said, man, he's good for my daughter. And what happened next was is that she just came up to ask her mom a question. And I went in for the kill. God's moving pieces. Oh, I got the perfect one. Just let me move some pieces. And that's just my pieces. Doesn't count her moving from Louisiana to Kansas to California to Sulphur Springs. That's not all the moves that are involved. Can I tell you that God could have to move 10,000 pieces just to answer your one prayer. But he loves you so much that he would move 10,000 more. He loves you so much that he would keep moving and he would keep moving. Don't you grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Can I tell you that just because you don't see God moving does not mean that he's not moving. Just because you don't see him working does not mean that he's not working. So today, I want you to know that God loves it when you ask. God loves it when you come to him in prayer. Maybe you've stopped asking. Maybe you've stopped praying. 
Can I tell you that today it's time to ask again? Today it's time to pray again. Today it's time to trust again. Today it's time to believe again. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, right now I just pray for every person in this place. Just pray for every person in this place. Lord, for those who have been disappointed, God, I pray for a renewed faith. God, that they would know that even when they don't see you working, you're working. Even when they don't see you moving, you're moving. God, I think every person in here would know how much you love them and how much you care about them. Lord, I pray right now for a bold prayer life. Lord, for those that are hurting, Lord, that they would cast their cares on you. God, for those who are needing a miracle, God, I pray that they would know that you're the God of miracles. God, let us come to you in prayer. Let us come boldly to you in prayer. And believe God, not for just what we need, but God, even the things that we want. Thank you for it every head bowed every eye still closed maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus you never ask him into your heart you never ask him to be the Lord of your life no one's looking around Lord I just thank you Lord that you're drawing that you're calling God that they're not here by accident they have an appointment with you I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. But if you say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. Maybe you're here and you say, Brian, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you say, that's me, Brian, I want you to pray with me. Right where you're seated, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand on the count of three. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. Say, that's me, Brian. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. One. Brian, I'm rededicating my life to Jesus today, too. Brian, I want you to pray that prayer with me. Three, just slip your hands up. Put them back down. Amen. 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 He loves you, friend. Amen. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. By your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen come on give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today at one church we aim to help you encounter Jesus if this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text Decided to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.